0: Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, Justin Trudeau takes direct aim at the Russian president while announcing more funding for humanitarian efforts in Ukraine.
1: Vladimir Putin has made a terrible mistake and he's going to lose this war. He's going to lose this war because the ferocity and strength and resolve of the Ukrainian people defending their territory is inspiring us all.
0: The Prime Minister's security advisor, warns domestic extremism in Canada, is here to stay.
1: There were several factions there in that crowd and that the people who organized it, you know, did, she said, intend to come and overthrow the government.
0: And Jean Charest makes his run for the Conservative leadership official with an announcement from Patrick Brown, expected on the weekend. Welcome to this leadership campaign for the Conservative Party of Canada and for the future of Canada. We hope that you uh, will follow us, but even better, join our team and join a group of men and women who are built to win. It's Friday, March 11th. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top political stories this morning. I'm joined by Joanna Smith, the Ottawa Bureau Chief for the Canadian Press. Good morning, Joanna.
1: Good morning,
0: Mark. Let's start with the latest on the situation in Ukraine. First of all, the Prime Minister uh, speaking in Europe said Vladimir Putin is going to lose uh, in this battle. Uh, meanwhile, we're hearing that the President of Ukraine, Volodymyr Zelensky, is going to address Canada's Parliament next week. He'll be appearing virtually, and we expect he'll speak jointly to members of the House of Commons and the Senate. And uh, that could be a really interesting speech he's been speaking to other legislative assemblies in other countries including the united kingdom so uh, give us the latest on this and and uh, the prime minister is heading home soon so this is the end of a uh, of a tour of europe uh, when where he's been uh, and and others from the government have been talking to other world leaders and and trying to address the situation so where do we stand
1: So that's right. So he was in Poland yesterday, the the fourth country. He had been in London, England, and then he went to Latvia and then to Berlin and Germany. And then yesterday he was in Warsaw. And there he was appearing with the Polish president and and made this sort of pronouncement that uh, Putin has made a terrible mistake and he's going to lose the war. Uh, He says he's going to lose this war because of the ferocity and strength and resolve of the Ukrainian people defending their territory says it's inspiring to everyone um, and because our, our resolve as friends and allies of Ukraine can't allow Putin to to succeed in this and says he's targeted civilians now and and he will pay for it so you know I think there's been a lot of analysis about how that is probably likely to be the outcome but a lot of question marks and concerns and anxieties around when that would happen and and exactly how and, and how much destruction uh, falls between this point And then I was reading a couple of days ago, Thomas Friedman in the New York Times says, you know, that wait until Putin fully understands that his only choices left are, are how to lose. You know, he, he said early and small and a little humiliated or late and big and deeply humiliated. And I think given the fact that Russia does, in fact, have nuclear warheads, I think there is widespread concern around the world that someone in a desperate situation as Putin will find himself in having sort of underestimated the response in Ukraine um, and the willingness of Ukrainians to fight for their independence uh, could make, you know, lead to some dangerous chances. So, so, you know, that was sort of um, Trudeau saying he's going to lose the war and was saying a very strong thing there. And then said that's why they're planning to keep pushing ahead with the Sanctions as well, um, and then when it comes to the Ukrainian President uh, Zelensky addressing Parliament next week, which we're expecting to happen, um, the government House Leader Mark Holland, in his you know letter asking Speaker Anthony Roda to allow this to happen, um, says he you know that people around the world have been inspired by the response from the Ukrainians, and Zelensky has been at the forefront of all of that, and this will be. An opportunity for Canadians to really hear directly from that leader about uh, the dire situation going on in Ukraine.
0: Yeah. All right. We'll continue to watch that, and as I mentioned, the Prime Minister's heading home soon. Uh, so obviously, the the efforts are going to continue, but but from Canada and not on the ground in Europe. Um, Uh, Let's talk about uh, the Ottawa Conference, as it's called. Uh, This is a security and defense conference that's been taking place over the last few days in the nation's capital. And Jody Thomas, who is the Prime Minister's National Security Advisor, spoke on Thursday, saying that Canadians have lived in a splendid, naive sort of superiority, that domestic extremism is not an issue here, and that's simply not true. It's, It's here, and it's here to stay. So that's a pretty stark uh assessment from a senior official in the government
1: it is and it's a senior official that came into that role at a particularly interesting time jody thomas had been deputy minister of national defense um again during a fairly tumultuous year there um and then you know became national security advisor at a time when ottawa ended up uh heading into this three-week you know what what people have called the occupation of the downtown core so she was sort of talking about how there were some extremist elements there. She ha- she was responding to questions about the government's choice to invoke the Emergencies Act and use emergency powers to end the protests and, and she said that she did support that. Um but she says, you know, she was she became a bit reflective and says we have to a lot to unpack in this country and sort of understanding what's going on and how it's affecting our democracy, our institutions and our society uh, said so this is problems not going away um, and she said you know there there were several factions there in that crowd and that the people who organized it you know did she said intend to come and overthrow the government um, despite you know she and she said that you know whether an understanding of how to do that was realistic was was irrelevant to what they wanted to do and she went on a little bit about as well about how you know, people have been living in an echo chamber, and, you know, we in the media have been talking about this for years as a challenge uh, in trying to reach audiences and contend with some uh, misunderstandings and misinformation about out there. Um, and she said, you know, if you live in this echo chamber, then you believe it's true. You might believe the government is going too far and restricting your freedom. Um, so she sort of named that as one of the factors in this problem. And then the other thing I found really interesting what she said was that She suggested there's a bit of a double standard um, in how some Canadians reacted to the convoy protests. She said if there had been a religiously motivated extremist in that group, our reaction would have been quite different. So I I thought it was interesting Mm. that she was reflective on that point as well.
0: Yeah, very interesting. All right. Let's talk about the conservative leadership race, Joanna. Uh, Last night... Jean Charest launched his campaign officially. We knew this was coming. Um, it's it's interesting to see his reemergence after a long time away from politics. Uh, he he was last uh, uh, on the federal scene as the Progressive Conservative leader, and then of course left that job to become the leader of Quebec's Liberal Party and eventually the Premier of Quebec. Uh, but it's been a while since he's been on the political stage. He's back now and running for the for the federal leadership of the Conservatives, and we expect. The mayor of Brampton, Patrick Brown, who uh, more recently uh, than Charette was in in federal politics as an MP, and then was in provincial politics as the Ontario Progressive Conservative leader before Doug Ford, uh, he's going to announce. We expect officially on Sunday. So this is an interesting juncture. Several people in the race now, and and one more at least to join in, uh, and I think people still perceive Pierre Poiliev as the front runner, but. How have the dynam- dynamics changed?
1: Dynamics have changed in that Polyev now has, a, a, you know, a couple of serious contenders, and also someone in Chare, in particular, who he's already him and his campaign have been setting up as a bit of a foil. Um, so there has been lots of references to Chare having left federal politics, um, not just to lead the the quebec government but specifically the quebec liberal party um and so you know quebec similarly to british columbia um the liberal party is not the same as the federal liberal party it's it's sort of the you know has long been described in quebec as as an option for for federalist leaders um which obviously um having earned the nickname Captain Canada, um, and helping to play a pivotal role in the no campaign in the 1995 referendum um, is, a, is a long-time staunch Federalist, but we're already seeing the Polyev campaign uh, try and use that against him, that label against him, um, and, you know, talking about how Charest brought in a cap-and-trade program, for example, which is a form of carbon pricing, which... Uh, Conservatives uh, are not always on board with, um, and so we're seeing this dynamic play out already. The other thing that we're starting to see in the races is this discussion of Bill 21, which is the secularism law in Quebec. And um, Brown, before he, long before, uh, started talking about. running for leadership of the Federal Conservative Party had already been leading the charge among some city councils to raise money to oppose it. Um, We know that under former leader Aaron O'Toole, there had been some disquiet in the caucus over his sort of um, stand back, it's a Quebec issue, to sort out uh, position um, and tensions there between those who wanted him to do more and take a stronger stance against Bill 21 versus members of the Quebec Tory caucus who, um, you know, believe that doing so would be meddling in Quebec affairs, So it was really interesting the past couple of days to see Jaret come out in opposition to Bill 21, um, but not come out swinging in the same way that Patrick Brown has um, to sort of Argue that he's speaking from a place where he understands Quebecers and the anxieties that led to the creation of Bill 21. By that, if it goes to Supreme Court, then he'd be ready to intervene. So, um, already, just some interesting dynamics. And uh, you're right; I think Pierre Poilievre is still seen as as uh, the front runner at this point. But uh, we're now heading into several candidates, and I think, you know, whenever there's bunch of serious candidates with really interesting ideas. It's It makes for a really dynamic race. Um, and so it'll be really interesting to see how this plays out.
0: Yeah. Very interesting indeed. Um, and lots of runway ahead um, uh, almost uh, six months to go until the leader will be announced in September. So, we'll see what happens. Joanna, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: That's Joanna Smith, the Ottawa Bureau Chief for the Canadian Press.
1: We understand the urgency uh, that uh, is presented right now in the world with Ukrainians standing strong against this illegal Russian invasion.
0: Now, here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. In the National Post, John Iveson argues, Justin Trudeau should spend on making Canadians feel safe and united. Iveson writes, Were Trudeau to call to ask for advice on a winning political strategy, I would suggest he pledge to increase defense spending to NATO's target of 2% of GDP within three years, promise to fix the sclerotic military procurement process and update our security apparatus to reflect the dangerous new world in which we find ourselves. You're never wrong when you do the right thing. And Canada has been too complacent for too long About its own defense. At iPolitics, Alan Freeman writes that Canada is shrinking its military responsibility. Freeman writes Despite our relative isolation and good fortune, Canada has a role to play in defending democracy and civilized life. Yet when it comes to fulfilling these responsibilities, the war in Ukraine points out a shameful fact Canada has been shirking for years. Happy to cheap out on defence spending, hoping that nobody will notice. Assessing is easy. Actually, deciding to spend the money and following through is completely different. It's something we've shirked for too long. In the Toronto Star, Althea Raj argues, Jean Charest is making a calculated bet with a tough line on Quebec's Bill 21. Raj writes, Quebec MPs have long insisted the federal party should stay out of the debate, seeing the fate of Bill 21 as a decision reserved for Quebecers. Conservative MPs from Quebec have argued that any position on Bill 21 other than non-intervention could cost them their seats and hand over whatever future gains they hope to make to the Bloc Québécois. With Bill 21, Charette sacrifices that flank to the Bloc, possibly sacrificing Quebec MPs as well. It seems he's judged the gains in the rest of the country are worth it. Now, here's what's coming up on today's political agenda. The Prime Minister will hold a news conference before returning to Ottawa from his European trip. NDP leader Jagmeet Singh will attend a meeting with Surrey-area MLAs before taking part in a question-and-answer session with students from an elementary school in Burnaby, British Columbia. Defense Minister Anita Anand will give a keynote address on the final day of the Ottawa Conference on Security and Defence. Treasury Board President Mona Forche will provide an update about support for Ottawa businesses impacted by the convoy demonstrations. Northern Affairs Minister Daniel Vandal will make a virtual announcement about support for community job and infrastructure developments in Nunavut. And in Vancouver, Fisheries Minister Joyce Murray will make an announcement about the blue economy strategy. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Friday, March 11th. Tune in to Primetime Politics Weekend on CPAC for coverage of all the week's events. Our podcast returns Monday morning. Have a great weekend.